Chris Bachman here with you on a special episode of Spock Sports Show as I've got the man, Bob Peters, here with me, who is the owner of the station. And Bob and I were talking earlier today, high school boys basketball starts tomorrow night, Mount Pleasant versus Midland. I'm going to talk a lot about that here in a little bit, but it's at that point, Bob, Michigan is there. They're in the college football playoff. I always talk about keeping things as ultra-local as I can, but this is kind of the point now. We're locally owned, community-minded, but we need to talk a little bit about those Wolverines, don't we? Well, you know, we certainly do. I've been a Wolverine fan probably since I've been about eight or nine years old. So that, that, that we're right around 54, 55 years, and we've seen some great excitement in those years, but this year has really, really, really topped quite a bit, even more so than if we remember back, I believe it was 1997, where they share the national championship with Nebraska. Are you ready for the backstory of that? That even though I, love I was, it. yeah, yeah right. So even though I was twelve years old, yep. This is how into sports I've always been. Michigan was the number ranked, number one ranked team, AP poll, and the coaches poll all year long, until. See, you don't even remember this. Tom Osborne, Nebraska coach, announced his retirement the next week. Nebraska, Michigan. Flip-flop in the coaches' poll. Nebraska stays number one in the coaches' poll, I think kind of out of sentiment that he was announcing his retirement going forward. So you ask me, I, I still, if I meet anybody from Nebraska today, I'll bring that up. That's the only reason why we split that national oh, championship. Oh, totally, Chris. People felt, I don't even want to say felt sorry for him. He was an incredible coach. But I think people know that, and if you look at the way college football has gone since then, well, Nebraska, yeah. Well, well, you know, you and I've seen that too. And I'm not going to call it favoritism or whatever, but you know, some of the people who have those votes, especially back in those days, right there, didn't really think about the whole picture. I think they're doing a little bit better job right now. And I think when you look at the four teams that are in the playoffs coming up, it surprised me. I th- I thought. Because of the howling from Nick Saban that they would be in there. And I really didn't think they deserved it this year. Yeah, and you and I were talking about that. And I says, well, Bob, you look at their two losses, last second field goal to Tennessee. At a la- I can't even remember who beat them. on the- It might have been LSU that beat them on the last second two-point conversion. And so both of their losses were, you know, at the very end. But as you kind of said, you got to earn it. And, you yes. know, it's. Yeah, Alabama, you got that tough schedule, but you still got the two L's on there. You didn't make your conference championship game. So they're on the outside looking in. Ohio State sneaks in. They're going to take on uh, the number one ranked team, Georgia. It's going to be number two, Michigan, versus number three, TCU, who didn't move out of their number three spot despite them losing in overtime to Kansas State, which was just another phenomenal game this weekend, too. It was a lot of fun watching that one. The quarterback with TCU, you you and I Ooh, talked about man. it. You know, you know, the guy really had a lot of, you know – I don't know. It was just that little extra that you get in in that ball game. We don't know how he found that energy, how he found that little extra. So, but no, I don't think TCU should lose or you know any position in the polls with an overtime loss in, in the conference, in the conference championship. championship game. That that no way, you know. Um, it was going to be a tough game for everyone on Saturday. No even Michigan when you're when you're going up against Purdue. That first half, you know, is that typical Michigan first half. Purdue is a good team. Uh, you know, they just, just couldn't hang on. So I'm, I'm glad the way it ended up right now. My first thought was that they were going to put Michigan and Ohio State together. I thought because they nobody really wants a Big Ten championship game. 
And for crying out loud, let's have it, you know? <laughs> I, I'm going to be that homer. But, yeah, Ohio State's got to go yep. through Georgia and first. I wanted USC to stay in. You and I were talking earlier. I thought USC had the skill position, guys, to beat Georgia. You know, the way Michigan works, we're big up front. We run up. Well, Georgia's bigger. They're a little bit stronger up front. I even think Harbaugh would say that as well if they were going into that game. So it will take some, quote, unquote, scheming to beat Georgia. However, Ohio State, not quite the skill position that USC has, but they are capable of winning that game versus Georgia, I think more so than even Michigan would be with the passing attack that Ohio State has. And so I like the way things have matched up. I didn't want us to go against Georgia initially. I was hoping USC could knock off Georgia last week, and then it would be USC versus Michigan in that national championship. But how cool would it be for the Midwest if it did turn into the game number two? It's never happened before. Uh, it's it's going to be fabulous. And, and look at the Big Ten's going to change in two years. We're bringing in a USC, a UCLA. So so it's going to take away all of that tradition. The guys my age, maybe even your age, who grew yeah, up. Yeah. You know, I mean, we brought in Rutgers years yeah. ago, and I went, what, <laughs> what? what, 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 what's with Rutgers there? There, you know, if anything, let's bring in a, a Midwest team. You know, so um, I think it's going to be a really exciting playoff, though. It, it's going to be a great New Year's Eve. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun just uh, hanging around watching TV because the game prior is going to be that Alabama game too. So we, we've got three in a row on New Year's Eve, and then uh, we'll find out who's in that championship game. Yeah, and the one thing that Coach Saban, to go back to that, did say that I was telling you I kind of agree with, if you're going to – well, who's a favorite TCU Alabama? Well, probably going to be Alabama. Who's a favorite TCU or Ohio State Alabama? Probably going to be Alabama. But as you said, you got you got to earn it. They've got two losses this year. They're on the outside looking in. And what do you think the chances are that Ohio State can knock off number one Georgia? Bob? So let's go. Let's go back to Saban first. All right, okay. Go back, go okay. Back to so, so so first of all, I believe Alabama was favored in the two games they lost. They were okay. So right there, two losses. Okay, they they were favored there. Okay, um, I, I believe it's the body of the work for the old the entire season. We talked about it again. Minnesota Vikings in the NFL. They're ten and two, but they're 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 they're. Points, four points, I guess they're a plus nine. Come on now. You know, they're winning yeah. a lot of close games. But guess what? They're going to the playoffs with that record, you know, because they are winning. Um, and, and then getting back to it, yeah, the, 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 with the top four teams, Ohio State, Georgia, I think it's going to be a better game than a lot of people believe because I really still think, it, and I hate the Buckeyes, right? I still think they're a very good powerful team okay uh they can win anytime anyway the way i looked at it they played one bad half this year and that's what scares me with ohio state yep and you know you talk about georgia so they they just look pretty darn good all year but the one thing though they didn't have to face alabama this year in that sec championship like they had in the years past and so Maybe they're flying on a little cloud nine or something. I don't want to say, you know, Ohio State's going to sneak up on them. And that is the other thing, too. I feel like coaching is more important in these college football playoffs than it is in the regular season, in the NFL playoffs, because you have a month. You have an entire month to watch film, to prepare. And so when you had that Urban Meyer there at Ohio State, now it's simply Ryan Day. I don't think he's quite the X's and O's guys that Urban Meyer is, but hopefully somebody can come in there and help them out because Georgia – I think, you know, the X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's, they're just worried about the Jimmy's and Joe's. It's going to be Ohio State worrying about the X's and O's. Exactly. And really, with a, with a, almost a month prep, Chris, really, how much time do you need? During the regular season, you've got six days to prep for that next game. How much time is it really going to help? And if anything, it's going to help both teams. 
players are going to be relaxed. The players are going to be healthy, right? You know, unless they, they have hard practices, which you know they won't do. Well, it, you know, it's one of those, though, if you give Bill Belichick three weeks, he's going to find that little nuance for somebody. And can Ryan Day do that? Will Kirby Smart do that for Ohio State? And kind of flip it around to talk some more about Michigan. Losing track of them a little bit. That's who we should be talking about. I feel like Michigan is the Georgia going into the TCU game. I feel like they're kind of a big favorite going against the Horn Frogs, in particular, maybe because they just lost that last game. You know, you know, and those games scare us. You know, because again, I would not have predicted that Ohio State would lose at such a margin to Michigan. Okay, I knew they could beat Purdue. I thought it'd be a closer game, but we're seeing that second half Michigan. We don't see enough of a pattern in that second half Michigan yet. We don't know what's going to happen. You know when we get up into those uh, semifinals. So, uh, but I think I think Michigan surprised a lot of people this year, Chris. And I think we're finding out that they do have a lot of really really good players. And right now they're playing like a team, and that's what I really like because you're seeing a, a lot of tackles that are not solo tackles, team tackles. You're seeing a lot of players really ganging up at the line of scrimmage. The only thing I'm afraid of is giving away those long passes. Okay, <laughs> and what- I, I think we can hold them on the ground but you know it, it, it just I, I think we could have a little weakness with the secondary yeah TCU I can't got a couple really excellent receivers as Huggard or Hug, Huggard the quarterback was just just unbelievable Max Duggan pardon me in that in that uh, big 12 championship game you, you know towards the end of that you and I talked about how gassed he was just gave it everything he got hard not to root for that guy but I hope he goes down here in a couple weeks when Michigan takes exactly he's going to be America's favorite for the next three weeks yeah, yeah, I, I, I and rightfully so, he deserves it. Yep. But no, you know, we've got JJ McCarthy, and, and really, when you look at Michigan, and, and here's the one thing Saban did: well, we lost those two games. We didn't have players, this or that. Well, I believe Michigan had a Heisman candidate who hasn't played in two weeks. Well, he's done too. You know, he's done. And you know what? And here we go. We put in body running back. B, which really should be running back 1A, right? <laughs> and look what he does. And that just goes to show you the strength of that team, Chris, and how there's always going to be somebody back there who's going to be able to jump in. I mean, we, we, we lose Blake Corum. Oh, my God. Everybody thinks they're totally done. No way. Here comes Don Edwards. You know, we, we, we've got a running back coming in averaging 160, 170 games, or yards a game. Yeah, and the, I think the one big thing about that, I'll kind of close out on this, all the people, and you and I were always in his corner, but all the people who wanted Harbaugh to go a couple years ago, well, it's a good thing he's not gone now because look at what he's built. We're in the college football playoff back-to-back years. That's pretty You know, cool. college fans are so fickle, aren't they, college football fans and even sports fans? You know, yeah, that's right. He went, what, 8-4 and four one year, this or that. You got to get rid of them. Our expectations are higher. But I always believe you got the right person in there. You give them the opportunity to get it done. And, hey, not everybody wins every single year. Yep, you know, I'm going to say the same thing about Coach Campbell right now for the Lions. I don't care if we end up 4-12 and 12 again next year. Give this guy time. You sign him to a five-year contract, give him five years to quote-unquote build his program even in the NFL. Let he him said, do it. You, Let him work, and right? You, you, yep, you like the things that you're seeing from the team too in the NFL, playing with heart, this, that, and the other. So give these coaches a chance. And you and I talked about this, not on the air, but we could have a whole conversation about this. I believe it's now $600 million in dead money for college football, women's basketball, and men's basketball that's still being paid to coaches who aren't coaching or coaching somewhere else. That's an entire podcast, Chris, and then we're <laughs> going to figure out what these schools could have done with that money instead. Ooh, 
boy. I imagine we could have solved the home. Well, we, we won't get into we that. We won't that's get a, into that's it, that's but a we podcast can solve for a lot. There you day. go, Chris. Bob, thanks so much for joining me on Thank the first you. half of this Spock Sports Show podcast brought to you by Barberry Law Firm. When we come back, we're talking all things high school basketball. We're going to run through that full schedule for you and where we're going to be at before Christmas break and even after Christmas break. You listen to Spock Sports Show brought to you by Barberry Law Firm from the Barberry Law Firm of Mobile Sports Studios. When we come back, catching up with Dan's show once again at Boys Basketball Preview for the Mount Pleasant Oilers as they begin their season tomorrow, taking on Midland High. We'll be there for that action with a 7 o'clock tip-off from those Barberry Law Firm Mobile Sports Studios at Mount Pleasant High School. Welcome back on into Spock Sports Show. All right, high school boys basketball begins tomorrow. Mount Pleasant versus Midland. Here's that boys basketball preview with head coach Dan Shell. Chris Bachman here with you on Spock Sports Show. Here with Mount Pleasant head basketball coach, or boys basketball coach, Coach Dan Shell. And huge senior class gone from last year. Maybe not, you know, an Ostrowski or a Mason with two yep. standout, but just a huge senior class gone. What, what's that like? Well, it's, it, you're going to, you're, especially the, you know, early, you're going to, we're going to feel that effect. You know, I mean, I, I was talking with somebody the other day, we've got four returners two of which really played substantial minutes. So you've got two kids that have got a lot of versatility. And that's Klein Brodchuk, right? That'd be Brodchuk and Barbie. Oh, Barbie. Oh, that's yep. right. All right, yep, yep. yep. And then I got Klein and, and Polk, uh, who didn't play a whole lot last year. So you've got a real inexperienced group that's going to have to learn on the fly because they haven't had those experiences. And not only that, but you don't have to practice time coming into it. You know, it's, it's a little bit similar to last year as far as coming off that COVID year where you just kind of everything was funny and you didn't quite get the preseason stuff well these guys have had the preseason stuff they just haven't had now the in in season game experience which is gonna it's gonna play a a part you know it's gonna play a part especially early until those guys develop those roles and responsibilities and when that's gonna come with it so yeah and barbie not on the football field so i guess he kind of you know missed from me there for a minute what do you expect from him this year because he was somebody that he was very new to the team last year and we talked about that that senior class that you had just a ton of guys that had played together a lot I imagine he's going to, you know, it seemed like the more the year went on, the bigger and bigger his role got. And he just yep. very aggressive on offense that you just have to love. He is, for sure. And and, and I think, you know, my, my oldest son, Josh, was in practice last night. And, and he says, this is going to be the epitome of what he is this year. He says, God, Dad, he, he just looks like he's in better shape. I mean, he just looks better. And he has. And, and, and that, that was the comment. Is last year, look, he had kind of a, I don't want to say a gumpier body, but he was just still a baby. And he's worked really, really hard to so give credit where credit's due. He's, you know, he's spent a lot of time in the weight room, um, kind of changing his body and, and knowing that there's going to be a bigger role. And if he has any aspirations to play after this year, he's going to have to do that. And he did it. So give him credit. And, and I, think, I think that's going to carry over and you're going to see that in his play. Now, the hard part's going to be is he doesn't have Drew Parada and Ryan Gottlieber and Corey Davis and, and, and all these other kids that went along with it of those, you know, Owen Watusik, uh, uh, all these seniors that were there that there's going to be a lot more attention on him. You know, where last year he could kind of flow under the radar a little bit and maybe get a lesser defender on him and, and get a little bit better matchup. Well, guess what? This year that's not going to happen. So it's he's going to, you know, he's going to have some, some learning curves just like everybody else just because, like you said, as the year grew, his role grew. Well, it's not growing now. It's come right in like he's going to be expected to do a lot. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I just kind of noticed more and more with this game, 
Nowadays, you know, I'm even guilty of it. I do the between the legs dribble all the time. He doesn't mess around. He just he just wants to get to the rack. He just wants to create contact. He just wants to make it happen. Yeah, and where last year I think his physical inabilities at time, you know, he'd make the contact. He just couldn't finish as well. And I think this year I think we're going to see a little bit difference that because he's so much bigger and stronger. I, I think the finishing, you know, even like yesterday, I, I call it day one practice because we had – you know, we had uh, tryouts for the first part of the, of the week, and then finally we got our team together, and yesterday was our first official practice. And, and he, you know, and he went right at Shake Line one time right in his chest, and I'm like, oh, like, it's there. You know, it, it, it's, it's different. So we'll see. I mean, bottom line is we got a lot of pieces that need to be figured out and, and, and a real, real short window of time to, to get there. So, And uh, Logan Barotachuk going to end up being a three-year starter in this program, and when I think of – Three-year starters in this program, I think, of Joel Ostrowski, Tyler Huneman, Mason Matuzic, some really, really outstanding yep. players. So his expectations obviously going to be ginormous this year, I'll say. And I don't, I don't, he's not a kid that's afraid of that. No, no. I think, you know, first and foremost, this is year number two, really with full goal, right? He started for us last year as a sophomore. And, and then you look at the other part of the growth He's the starting quarterback under Coach McIntyre, who has super high expectations, especially on that position, right? So he's he's weathered the storm from the coaching staffs, and he understands how to take some criticism, and 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 he should take another jump this year. I mean, he, he's a good player, you know. He's 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 athletic. He's long. He shoots it. You know, that's going to be the step for him. Is can he shoot it more consistently than he did last year? Yeah, and he never backed down last year going up against some some I don't even want to say stronger seniors, but some bigger kids, some bigger seniors wasn't afraid to take it right to him. Like I said, looking for that next step this year, maybe a little bit more from him on the perimeter, except shooting the ball. Yeah, I think so. I he, he's not a back to the basket kid. You know that that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we get a mismatch that we won't use that. But he's more of a face up kind of kid off the dribble, pull up jump shot, get to the rim, um, and and like I said, just he's got to consistently make shots. Where last year he was a little bit more consistent, but we didn't need him. We didn't need him all the time. Well, this year we're going to need that. And and you know I, I I made the example again to my son last night. I said we lost a game this summer to a team by like seven or eight, and he didn't shoot it well at all. Well, the next day we play the same team. We beat him by 25. He shoots it. And he shoots it. Yeah. And that's the difference because he. it's not just about him scoring. When he makes shots, he opens it up for everybody. You know, he, he's the kind of the one that can stir the drink a little bit because of the mismatches that he has. Yep, so Baroda, Chuck, Barbie, Klein, Polk, those are the four guys back from last year. Who are yep. some of the new faces we're going to see out on the floor? Well, and obviously I mean, you, you're still getting this under your belt, too, to give you a little bit of a break. Yeah, no, so, you know, you, you got those four kids coming back, and then you've got seven new. You know, you've got Easton Day, who was a, a sophomore, or was a sophomore who was a freshman on JV last year. He's going to come up and, and play a major role with the ball in his hand. We got a senior transfer from Roseville, um, Monty Green. Um, really athletic, um, can do some things. He's just way behind as far as learning our system. Our system you know, so depending on how quickly he can catch on with some of that will make a huge impact of the impact, especially early he has, right? And then you've got some other kids off the JV like Carter Dole, um, uh, Chip Hovey, uh, Shea Klein. You know, Shea's big. He's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, long. Um, and then you've got, like, Jarrett Kremsreiter. And then we have, we have a, <laughs> which is the first one I've ever had, we have a foreign exchange student that's going to play for us from Italy. All right. Um, I've nev- never had one make a team before. So uh, Carlo, uh, Carlo is our, our foreign exchange student from Italy. And, and so we're fighting a little bit of a language barrier and, and – 
and some other things, but 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 it's definitely got some of that what I would consider European game. He really shoots it pretty well and does some other things. You, you know, a few years ago, I'm going to draw a blank on the name, but youngster for Sacred Art Academy came in and was a foreign exchange student, ended up playing a, a pretty big role for them. And I, I remember, I think he hit three big threes in a Beale City game. And so these guys come in and they, they can play a big role for you if they're capable of doing it. Like I said, it's just just about overcoming. Like I said, talk about mining, learning the system, kind of the same yeah. thing for him. And you got that language barrier that makes it just just a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's exactly what I said earlier. We have so many new parts. It's how fast can we get to where we got to get to you know because you're talking a senior transfer a foreign exchange student and all these kids off the jv now the jv's transition will be a little bit easier because sam and i do the same stuff right they at least have been taught the same defenses the same not necessarily all the same offensive plays but they the same concepts right so their transition is not going to be as big but at the same token now the game's a whole lot faster it's it's this isn't JV basketball anymore. So the faster we can get them there is going to identify the success we have and 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 we have to get better. We're we're not very good right now. That's just the reality of it. Now where we can get to, I, I don't know, but 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 right now we've we've got some work to do. And now a number of seniors this year on the team. Well you, we got you, you gotta kinda count them up, I think, on your yep. hand there, yeah. So we've got the three returning seniors. With Barbie, Klein, and Polk. Yep, and then you've got Krems Riders a senior. Um, Green is a senior, and then um, uh, I, I guess Carlo is considered a senior. All right, yep, yep. So, so it's still a decent number of seniors out well, there, and I always feel like that matters once you get to the playoffs and the, these kids know it just might be their last moment out there. Yep. And you go way back, you know, 18 and 5, 27, 18, 2018, 2019, 19 and 2, 20 and 1. And oh boy, I think that's something you and I are always going to. What yep. if about, too, that team you guys had, only team you lost to was Grand Blank, and if you would have faced them again, it would have been here on this home floor. You yep. have, yeah, I paid quite a bit of attention to that. I was, we, we were ready for that one to come back around. And the COVID year, 5-7, and seven, like I said, you guys just didn't get to see the floor a whole lot. 17-5 and five last year, I feel like it was a nice big surprise. Are you kind of at that point, and I'll compare it to Coach Mack with, with the football team, that these guys get out there and they just expect to get to double-digit wins almost every year? Well, I mean... I- Obviously, as a coach, that's something we shoot for, right? I think consistency happens because, first and foremost, you got a good program. You know, I got really good freshman coaches and JV coaches. I've got seventh and eighth grade coaches who are buying in. We've got the Mount Pleasant Basketball Club run by Bob Somerville, who who does a great job getting kids opportunities to play, and then and not only just opportunities to play, but they they try to do our stuff. You know, the, 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 the faster we can get kids onto our stuff, the easier it is for me. That's just the reality of it. And so, yeah, we've had some success at the varsity, but that doesn't happen unless I have those under, under, undergrads. That trickle, trickle down effect, you, or trickle you, up effect, I'll you, say. No, you got that right. It's, it's, you know, I'd love to take all the credit, but the reality is my job becomes easy when the guys below me do their job. You know, and I've been really, really fortunate in the, the time that I've been here to have a bunch of guys that do that. And when I saw Coach Taylor, who's coach of the JV, just a few minutes ago, I was kind of joke with him. So you can't leave. He says, well, JV's a good, good spot for me right there. He says that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. now, what are you expecting from the rest of the Valley this year? Well, I think the Valley's going to be really good. I, I think Davison is going to be really good. They were young, and, and obviously, the, you know, the, the coaching staff in there is really good. You've got, obviously, Graham Blank coming off of a state uh, championship run again, you know, lost in the finals or whatever it was. And and then you go Saginaw and Arthur always good. Heritage may be the best team in the Valley. All right. I mean. Which is, which is wild. It's a little wild to say. Well, bottom line, they, to, to, to me, they have the best player in the league. Tyler Odie is the best player in our league. He has the potential to be a star, and and I hate to say it, I'm glad to play him once, but that's the reality. He's a junior that's six six, can shoot the life out of the ball, is athletic, 
You know, he's got pedigree in his background with his mom and his dad. And, and they've got athletes in that school. They always have had athletes in that school. They've never been able to get them to play. And if they can get that to happen, I'm telling you, that is a scary group of kids right there that you go, whoa, because you and I both know you look at historically teams that make big runs, they have a star. Yep. And they have a star. I mean, they have a kid that can go out and score 40 points in any given night. And in particular, when you have a 6'6 six, six star, too, that, that really does it for you because, you know, I, I can shoot the ball a little bit still, but I'm 5'8". You get out there and play tough D on me. You're 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. It's, it's going to be tough for me. You get a guy your size that can shoot the lights out of the ball, he's just really difficult to well, stop. Well, and athletic, right? It's not, it's not like a big 6'6 six, six kid that you got to get the ball to. You can put the ball in his hands. He can go make plays by himself. You know, so, and then, you know, you got, obviously, you got Midland with a new coach without Kraus there, so what they're going to be, who knows? Midland Dow, new coach, who knows? Um, Bay City Western, I think, is on the upcoming. I thought they were really young and talented last year, and, and Mario's done a good job with them. Um, Bay City Central filled with athletes. And, so it's and, kind of the same with Heritage. Are they going to play? Yeah, and all coming back. You know, I sit there and go, boy, I don't see a lot of games on our schedule that I sit there and say, ooh, there's a win. Well, and I'm going to get to that, too, because I look outside of that conference schedule. Freeland, Elma, Grand Ledge, TC West, Petoskey, Cadillac, all out of conference. Um, St. John's, Grand Ledge. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, it, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a meat grinder. It's, it's the toughest schedule I've had. Yeah, well, and it's one of those, two that you, you play this schedule. And, and districts this year, is it going to be the two Midlands, the two Bay Cities, and you guys? Should be. <laughs> All right, and so you go into that district at 10 and 10, 11 and 9, you're going to feel okay because yep. that schedule you played is going to prepare you for the playoffs. And that's the great thing about high school baseball, high school basketball. You are D1. You play the, a lot of those. You know, you, you don't get that eight divisions like you do in football, but yep. you play up, you play up, and if you're playing your best basketball in March, anybody can make it happen. Yeah, and, and, and you're gonna, we're going to get tested. We're, we're, it'll either it'll – either develop us into a team that's got a chance to make a run or it'll break us one, one of the two you know and that's to be determined that's that's the every year because the reality is it's not like uh we're gonna roll out the ball and beat eight teams it, that's not on our schedule i mean we're gonna have to compete i i don't have a game well shepherd who is probably the smallest school on our schedule yeah, well, and that's all the way at the end of the year we'll be there for that game we but played them in a double overtime game this summer yep they go well, they just said they got dysinger they got eli williams they, they, they've got they've, flannery they've, they've got some players there they've got some ability right yep. so so we have a dog fight there and so we've we've got some games on our schedule that are are uphill battles for us that we're really going to have to to develop in order to give ourselves an opportunity to win yeah, and it seems like every year the one thing that you've been able to have, and it sounds like you're going to have again, you got nine, ten, or eleven. You get, you be able to throw everybody out there on the floor. You have confidence in them. Yeah, no, I, I think that's why they're on the team. If they're not, if, you know, if 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 you don't feel that way, it's it's hard to keep them on a the team. And the reality is, that's part of my job is to develop them. Now, their role may be to play one out of every three games. You know, that's the other part is is roles and how do we handle those. But so we'll see. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for it. It's a new challenge. It's. It's, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think last year I'd even be in this position. You know, I was pretty sure last year I was done. You know, I was going to watch my daughter, McIntyre, you know, did some things to where I got to watch, we did some doubleheaders with some girls so I can get some opportunities to watch my daughter. So I'm, I feel pretty fortunate just to be here and, and have the opportunity to coach this team. And now it's just, can we figure some stuff out and try to win some games? <laughs> yep. And the last thing I'm going to ask you about uh, Friday nights, uh, they ended a little bit earlier. I haven't been able to catch up with Brett Heibel and get a Grand Valley State University football update. And for people who don't know, your son is uh, transferred there. I believe he's redshirted this year, correct? Yep, correct. So he's redshirted this year, but you're wearing a you're wearing a uh, hoodie. I'm sure you've been following uh, <laughs> yep. a big, big rematch this weekend. Yep, big game with Ferris this weekend. And, 
and it's going to be electric. That's the one thing I will say. I, I knew nothing of Grand Valley football before my son went there. But I will say to anybody who has not been to a Grand Valley football game, it's worth the price of admission. There's going to be a sold-out house there. There's going to be 17,000, 18,000 people there, and, and they love their football there. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's Grand Valley State, I mean, Grand Valley, Ferris State, they are two of the premier Division Two programs in yep. the country for people who don't follow it all that much. And so, Number you know, one and number two in the country early yeah, in the year. Yeah, all, all year long, and yep. Grand Valley was number two, went to Ferris State, beat them real close game earlier this year. This yep. game now going to be at Grand Valley. When does it start? How can people watch? Well, that's a really good question. I think it should be a 12 o'clock start. To, see, right. it's, it's different because now it's the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, yep. because normally they do 7 o'clock evening games, but like last week they started at, at, at 1, I believe. So it may probably be a 1 o'clock start again, and, and, and the best way to watch is to go. I'm just telling right, you. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, if right. you get an opportunity to go, and, 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 you, and you will not be disappointed. All right, Coach Shell, thanks so much, and we'll see you next week when you guys take on Midland for the opener. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Time for a break here on Spock Sports Show. Coming to you from the Barberry Law Firm Mobile Sports Studios. Every case they take they take personally when we come back i'll be joined by rachel jackson the girls varsity basketball coach from mount pleasant talk about their upcoming season and oh yeah also how it's not rachel jackson anymore rachel de russia that's coming up next spock sports show buck 92 brought to you by barbary law firm